0: You know, it really is a good thing for us to look back and see all that God has done. In fact, the Bible tells us that remembering is a spiritual discipline. So as we look back over the last two years, there are things to celebrate, no doubt. There are also things to grieve and be grateful that we are hopefully behind us. But through it all, to see God's faithful hand and to worship Him as we've been doing and will continue to do. And it's also good not just to look back, but to pause and take stock of where we are right now. To ask the question how are we doing in this moment to get a sense of uh, how the church is now there's a lot of studies being done about the church in the post-covid world lots of data flowing around about the impact of the last two years on the church in america and in the world and quite frankly some of the information and some of that data is concerning but we're not asking about how the church is doing in the world we're asking how are we doing how's chapel street church doing in this moment are we a healthy church? And if so, how do we know that we're healthy? What do we look at to get a sense of that? Well, historically, pastors and church leaders have looked at only two things, really, attendance and giving, Uh, people showing up and people giving generously. And while those are important things to count, they're certainly not the only things that count in understanding where we are in terms of, are we a healthy church? So I want to lead us through uh, looking at three categories of us as a church. How are we doing and how healthy are we? Financially, because that matters, it's a key metric. Organizationally, and spiritually or missionally. People living on mission for God. So first, financially. How are we doing financially? Let me begin by saying, over the last two years, we have seen record levels of generosity at Chapel Street Church. More giving, more money coming in and going out than ever before in our history. In fact, inside of this little circle here that you see on the screen is money given in over the last two years. And these four little icons on the outside, this is money given out over the last two years. Without going into too much detail, we have given away over two million dollars to the work of God outside of our walls over the last two years. I just want to pause and say, praise God for his provision, for the way he has blessed us to bless others. And thank you to all of you who've been generous to that vision and mission over the last two years and long before that. We've also seen one of the key numbers here is number of new givers. This is one of the key indicators of a healthy church. More new people connecting and deciding to contribute financially to the work of God in the local church. We've seen record numbers of new givers. And this last number here, $120,000 through neighborhood church generosity, because you as a church family were more generous in December than we anticipated, far more generous, we decided to be more generous than we had planned outside of our walls. And so we gave away an additional $120,000 just this year to local churches because we care about the work of God, not just here, but in other churches as well. It's been so much fun to bless those pastors who weren't even asking for it and to say, we believe in you, we pray for you, we want to bless you. So to those of you who give faithfully to the mission here, again, thank you. Your giving honors, God, and it's making a difference. To those of you who haven't taken that step yet, perhaps you've connected online or in person, but you haven't given yet generously uh, or, or at all, let me just talk to you about growing in generosity by drawing a little staircase here. You know, we're all in process in every area of our lives. And when it comes to generosity, we're all growing and in process as well. For some of you, you've never given before. So maybe for you, it's just the first step. Make a gift. Take a first gift of giving of what God has blessed you with to the local church. Giving back to God of all that he's given you. And then some of you, you give, but you only give when it occurs to you. And so maybe the next step for you is to become consistent in your giving rather than just when you think about it, to set aside a consistent pattern of giving. And then for those of you that are consistent, the next step would be how much, proportional, to make a prayerful decision about how much of your resources that God has blessed you with you will give away, proportional giving. And the last step, and I think this is where God wants us all to get to in his time, where he's He's working on all of our hearts, is to become joyful and extravagant givers. Those who are excited about and think and pray about, how can I give more to what God is doing? This doesn't just mean the local church, it means to God's work in the world. So for all of us, I think it's worth us looking at this and thinking, where am I? Where's my family? And what's the next step that we could take? Well, there's more that we could say there, but it's exciting to see that we're doing well financially and we're praising God and thanking all of you. Next, organizationally. Now, the church is not an organization. It's not a business institution. But it is made up of people who are organized. The church, of course, is a spiritual body of which Jesus Christ himself is the head. But it is human beings organizing together to accomplish his mission. And of course, he is the most important part of any faithful church. And all of you, as members of his body, are key to that mission. But I want to speak to you about two subsets, our staff and our church board. Our staff, our 67 staff members, full and part-time staff, I cannot tell you, How grateful I am for these individuals. Over the past two years, our staff have faithfully labored to find new ways to do ministry and meet needs. They've innovated. They've stayed the course. They've labored in prayer. And I just, if you know a staff member, tell them how much you appreciate them, because I know that I certainly do. I am so, so grateful for our staff. While many churches over the last two years have had to cut staff or put a freeze on hiring, By God's grace, we've added 23 new staff members with a net gain of four staff. And it's exciting to see these new staff come on board and bring their gifts and talents to bear on what God is doing here. Over on the right is our executive team. The four of us are the subset of the staff that lead the other staff members and departments. Of course, you know me, Pastor John Bechtel, our executive pastor over ministries, Abe Donsell, executive director of operations, and Jen Gomel, the head of HR, our human resources. The four of us meet weekly to pray and help bring leadership and clarity to our staff as they seek to lead and to bless all of you. Next, let me talk to you about our church board, our executive council. I really don't know how to communicate to you how thankful I am for these men and women. They're not staff members. They give of their time and energy uh, in ways that I'm so profoundly grateful for. Over the last two years, their faithfulness in prayer, their wisdom in leadership, their support and encouragement and challenging of me has been invaluable. Many times we've had emergency Zoom calls to decide how are we going to respond to this crisis or to this new issue that's come up in the culture. I lean on them more than they know. They are, frankly, my bosses. Well, Jesus is my boss, but he's using these men and women to lead me as I seek to lead Chapel Street Church with all of our staff. So to our executive council, I am so thankful to God for these men and women. They are uh, appointed and elected by our church membership to serve, and they serve so beautifully and so well. So if you know an executive council member, or even if you don't, I want you to see their names and faces so that you could know them and thank them as well. There's more to say about our organization, but we're doing well organizationally. Last, and perhaps most important, I want to speak to you about how we're doing spiritually or missionally. Meaning, how are we doing in terms of accomplishing the mission God has given us? We could spend hours telling stories about people experiencing grace, growing in faith, and making an impact. But I want to look at a few data points which highlight many of those stories and give you a, a, a picture of how we're doing. Over the last two years, 257 people have gone through Rooted. That's our 10-week course about the mission and life of God. And if you've never been through Rooted and you're looking for the next step, let me encourage you, get involved in a Rooted class. Keep in mind, 257 people during a time when we couldn't even meet in person, many of them met via Zoom class for a while. And that number continues to grow. 165 people taking the step of baptism to publicly declare that they belong to Jesus. One of the key indications of how we're doing spiritually. We launched a campus in North Aurora during a pandemic. We launched our fourth campus during a global pandemic. I had pastor friends who said, are you sure that's the right time? That's kind of amazing. And it is amazing, by God's grace, that campus is flourishing, new people coming every week and they're doing well. And then our online services and new connections We've seen 3,000 people, new new connections over the last two years. Much of that has to do with our online services. Prior to COVID, we'd never streamed any services at all. And now we see God using that in profound ways. In fact, I regularly talk to people who are shut in or can't get out for health reasons who say thank you for the online services. It's our lifeline and our connection to what God is doing in Chapel Street Church. Please don't stop those services. So to those of you who are watching, asking that question, Don't worry, we're not stopping. Online services are not a a replacement of being in person, if you're able to come, but they are a great supplement uh, to in-person ministry, and we see God using that in powerful ways. Of course, there's more that we could say, and every one of these numbers represent lives that matter to God. But we see God working in us missionally as well. Let me just talk to you about how our congregation is doing, how I sense we're doing as a whole. And I want to talk to you about this by drawing four buckets. I'm a visual learner. Maybe this will help you as well. The first bucket is those that I would say are more engaged. Over the past two years, COVID has caused them to lean into Jesus more, to be more connected in community, in Christian community, to dig into his word more, to be more on mission in their lives and connected with the work of the church. And that's many of you. And praise God for you. Keep at it. The next bucket are those that over the last two years, have become less engaged. You're not disengaged, you're just not as engaged. Maybe there's been some distraction, some disappointment, some loss, some you've gotten out of a habit and you've just drifted a bit, and we see that happening as well. The fourth bucket are those who are, well, quite frankly, they're just not here anymore. They're gone. And there's no secret that over the last two years, there's been a great exodus. People have moved away, many of them it seems like to Nashville or to Florida. And so for those of you in Nashville and Florida who have moved away, hello, we miss you. But also people have just changed churches, and there are good reasons to change churches. It's not all bad. Or some have just drifted away entirely and need to be drawn back. And then the last fourth bucket are those who are new, meaning They were not, they did not, were not here before, prior to COVID, and over the last two years, they're connected. Now, some of those have come from other churches, moved into the area, and that's wonderful. But many had no church connection, no relationship with God prior to the last two years, and now they do. And that is what we're all about, seeing people experiencing grace, growing in their faith, and making an impact, being drawn in to the life that Jesus offers through the local church. So let's go to the last slide here and just ask this question one more time. How are we doing? As we celebrate and look back and then take stock of what we're doing now, are we healthy? Are we doing okay? Well, I think with, with, with all humility, I can tell you based on these data points and others, yes, we're a healthy church. We are not a perfect church. There's no such thing as a perfect church. We are not a church without flaws or without challenges or areas where we need to grow and seek God's grace daily. But because of his grace, and thanks to many of you, we're doing well. We've seen God do remarkable things over the last two years. We are uniquely poised for what he has for us in the future, which we'll talk about later in this service. So once again, thank you to all of you for being a part of what God is doing here at Chapel Street Church. What a privilege it is to be part of the local church. Now more than ever, the mission of God and the gospel in the local church is needed in the world. What a great thing it is to come together to celebrate and to worship him, which we're going to do right now across all of our campuses by singing the great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
1: Well, again, it is, it is good to be with you. Just the image of all four campuses in unified voice, singing those words together, declaring that out loud together, that, that it's almost like I, in my head, I could uh, envision sort of or, or imagine that I'm hearing from all four campuses. It was probably just you guys, but I thought like I could hear Kesslinger and I could hear North Aurora and South Street. And, and I, I think we, there was something about that that we needed to do um, that was important for us in this moment to reflect and recognize God's faithfulness in, in the midst of it across the board. And hopefully by now, I think you've probably picked up on a theme for today is that we have gathered together to, to remember and to celebrate the fact that God is faithful. We've seen that play out in, in any number of ways. I appreciated Pastor Jeff's update because oftentimes I think I can, I can be looking back and I can look forward and I forget to stop and pause to recognize what he's doing right now in, in our midst and to thank him for that. And, and maybe you're like me. One of the things that um, you'll see when you read the Old Testament is when God is, moving and working in his people and his family and the people of Israel and he does something extraordinary like uh, part the Red Sea and lead the people out of exile and um, into the promised land Um, we talked about this last week he'll create a a festival or a feast that's intended to remind them of that moment that's that's passover right it was god does something extraordinary in this powerful way and it's important that the people pause in the midst of that to remember and to think about what god has done and that's what we hope today has been in part for us and that's not to say that that the last two years hasn't been marked with difficult things it has undeniably so many of us this morning can look back and reflect, and yes, we'll recognize and acknowledge God's faithfulness in the midst of it, but it's also been marked with with loss, or pain, or grief. There's people that were close to you that may not be close to you anymore. There's people that you did life with that have moved away, or are no longer a part of the church community, whatever it is, there's different things that we look at, and that can be emotional, it can be uh, spiritual, it can be physical, there's been hard times, And yet, in the midst of all of that, we can stop and pause and see how God has worked and moved for for his ultimate purposes, and that he's faithful in that. And so that's what we want to do today. Because as much as we gather here, and as important as it is to pause and, and think back and reflect, as important as it is, is to take stock of how things are going right now. That's something that we want you all as a church to be informed of and to be aware of. I think we would, it would be, we'd miss it if we did all of that and we didn't talk about how that informs our future. If, if, if God's faithfulness, if we didn't stop to think about how that impacts the way that, that we as a church move forward. Over the course of the last two years, how many times have you said something to the effect of, I can't wait until things get back to normal, Right? In fact, this might be the most normal something has felt to me in two years. Being together, being able to, to have lunch afterwards together. I said that probably a million times. I remember when, when we as the Mill Creek Campus weren't able to meet in person. And that was hard. Like, I, I hated that. You guys know me. I'm, I'm a relational, that's how I operate pastorally. Like, I missed you all sherry would like i would go to home depot like three times a day and she's like you're just looking for people i I know it's true i'd said so many times and it's a reasonable desire and and i get it i get why we say all that but when i think about where we've been and, and i think about where we are currently right now and i think about what's in front of us I've come to realize that this desire, my desire, is actually far less for a pre-pandemic normal. But rather, and returning to something that we once knew, is that we would be a people that move forward in confidence and in purpose that has been shaped by the the experience of and awareness of God's faithfulness. In fact, I think in some ways, it would be tragic if we just returned to normal, if we pretended that that the things that we've seen, the things that we've learned, the ways that God has made himself known to us, if we just kind of went back to operating as if none of those things happened. I remember one of our, one of the highlights for me in the last six months has been um, the live nativity that we, we held out here in December, and I know many of you were a part of that. You used your gifts and your skills. We had students acting things out. There were scenes built all across the front lawns and fire pits. We had a llama. Llamas are cool. And so that was fun. And it was just this creative, engaging way to try to tell the story of God becoming one of us. We wanted it to be a way for people to experience how much God loves them, that he became all, he came all this way in order to meet us, in order to redeem us. And, and I was just so encouraged by how this team put this together and and all the different gifts that were used. And yet, at the end of the day, we did it two nights. And at the end of the second night, I was exhausted. And I think the whole team was. It was a lot of, of work that was put into it. And we were coming up to the very last show on the second night. And at this time, like, my heart and mind is kind of like, we're done, you know, we, we made it. We're still alive. And and um, I noticed that there was uh, a woman who was standing on her own and she was clearly like looking for somebody. So I just went up and introduced myself and we began to chat and she said she was, she was waiting on her family to join her at, at the event. They had, they had gone to the wrong campus. They were at the Kesslinger campus. And these, these little, the story was told in time slots. And so she was nervous that, that they were gonna miss it, and and I I told her that I was sorry, and I hope they made it. But you know, I'm kind of like, we gotta get this done. Like we're <laughs> we're tired. And then I I listened to her talk for a while, and and I could hear in her voice the sense of desperation. And she goes, but they don't know the story. She knew the story, and she was there was this urgency that she had for her husband and her kids to come and hear this story. And so she's frantically just looking and we're doing everything that we can to stall like we intentionally like spilt the wassel everywhere and did all these things like <laughs> hold off and and I'm waiting in the parking lot and as soon as their car arrives we usher them in and and her, this wife as she went from scene to scene to scene is filming every part of it so that she can talk about it with her kids about how much their God loves them that he would become one of them and as they're sitting at that last scene out of the manger and they're watching as Gretchen actually just lays out the gospel and, and, and this beautiful scene and the emotion of all of that. And I remember being impacted by that encounter. I, I remember thinking about that and reflecting on it. and And particularly what stood out to me in addition to just how grateful i was for the opportunity particularly what stood out to me was the sense of urgency that she that defined it all the sense of purpose that she had and even even desperation do anything that we can so they they get to hear the story see four and a half years ago a group of people came out to this campus with a vision and a purpose in mind we call it the, the launch team and or the core team and many of you were a part of that some of you have integrated since that time and you've you've come to share in this purpose in this vision but we came out here to be a family of neighborhood churches committed to transforming lives and impacting the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ that was the vision that's what sent us out here we talked about that vision that this would be a place where people come and, and they sit in these chairs and they meet all of you and they become a part of this community that they would experience grace and that they would grow in their faith and that they too would would make an impact wherever they are in that faith journey. Whether this, is, whether this today is your very first time here, or you've been here from the very beginning, that still remains our prayer and our mission. See, as I've reflected over the last two years, what's occurred to me is that our, our mission hasn't changed. COVID hasn't changed the vision. It changed our methods. a long time. In many ways, I I pushed back against. It's changed our community. Things are different now. It's, It's changed our culture, undeniably so. And in many ways, it has changed us, but the mission remains. We're still gathered here today with the vision that we would not only be a church for ourselves, but that we would be a church for our neighbors. We're gathered here today with the purpose and the understanding that we want not a, a Mill Creek campus and a North Aurora campus and a Kesslinger campus and a South Street campus, but we want hundreds if not thousands of campuses that represent your homes and your desk at your office, the classroom and the hallway that you walk through at school, all of those places to be a chapel on your street that's the 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 meaning of our name it's not that any of our campuses or an original campus existed on a street named chapel but rather that your home where god has placed you right now is intended to be a tangible expression of his gospel all for the advancement the proclamation of this life-altering truth of what jesus has done for us and we ought to do it my hope and my prayer is that we go forward is that we approach it and we come at it with this sense of urgency with passion and purpose even desperation for the opportunity that god has given us so as we think about this as we reflect on moving forward and and all the opportunities that god's put in front of us i want to just kind of highlight two quick things first i hope that we do this with perspective I hope that we do it with perspective. There's, a, there's an encounter that Jesus has. It's, it's somewhat famous, and we talk about it a lot, but it's with a Samaritan woman by a well in the middle of the day. And, and as is oftentimes the case, the disciples are there, and they're confused by the whole thing. And after this, they come up to Jesus, and they're worried about him. They ask if he's eaten anything recently. Jesus responds somewhat famously by saying this. This is from John chapter 4 verse 25. This is his answers to the disciples. He says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. It's interesting as I was like reflecting on this verse this week and on this encounter that Jesus has, oftentimes I, I get, I focus on that last phrase, the fields are ripe for the harvest. But what sort of jumped off the page at me as I was looking at this was more so the instruction that he gives to the disciples. He says, I open your eyes, look at the fields. I want you to see the things that I see. I want you to see what's in front of you right now, the opportunity that exists. As I think about how we move forward, as I think about the mission and vision that God has given us, I think about the reason that so many of you have chosen to be a part of this community. I'm praying that we go with this perspective that sees those around us with the eyes of Jesus. That we can view ourselves, our neighborhoods, our community, our workplaces, our schools, our neighborhoods, our world with the eyes that Jesus sees them. That we too can come in with the awareness that look around us. Opportunities everywhere. The fields are ripe for the harvest. One thing I have become convinced of as a a result of COVID, and I understand, and, and, and Jeff's right, like there's all kinds of research out there about how last two years have impacted the church and much of it is is disheartening right but one thing i am convinced of and i think i'm seeing it is that COVID has eroded some of the securities and our sense of confidence that we place in things other than jesus and the same is true in our community there are people all around us that COVID has tilled the soil of their hearts and they're searching and they're wondering and they're looking for hope and I think there's opportunities all around us every day to speak into that or to invite and to say, hey, I might not have all the answers, but you're, you're welcome to join a community of people who've placed their hope in, in Jesus. I, I, think it's, I think it's all around us every day. And so I'm praying that, that we would be a people of perspective. But then secondly, I'm praying that we would be a people of purpose. And what I mean by that is, is I want you to see yourself and to see your family to see your community as ones who are set, as as ones who have been commissioned. When I was in Bible college, oftentimes uh, they would hold these mission conferences and people would gather together and we'd have speakers and they would come in and they would talk about um, the call to go to far off exotic places and and without fail, somebody would preach on the last uh, conversation that Jesus has with his disciples in Matthew 28 before he ascends into heaven, and he says this to his disciples. So again, like last words matter, right? The last thing that you say to somebody matters. And this is what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And he ends it with a promise. He says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I've oftentimes reflected on that passage, and I've heard it taught on, and it's, it's been sort of in that idea of go to far off places. Go, go to places that, that maybe haven't heard the gospel before, and it absolutely includes that. It says it very specifically. Uh, go to all nations. But as I was reflecting on this passage, I've come to understand it in a, in a much more ordinary way. Because I think Jesus is in that moment with his disciples and he knows that he's physically going to leave them in that moment. And I think Jesus says, as you go, as you leave the spot you're at right now, go make disciples. I think he's saying, go about your daily lives making disciples as you leave this time that you have with me. As you go to your workplaces, as you go to your neighborhoods, as you go be with your friends, as you go to Jewel after we have lunch today. Go go make disciples. The call that he places in us is is so much more ordinary, but it's so much more everyday. It's it's where we go from here. And so my heart and my vision for us as a community is we think about how do we move forward? How How do we approach what's in front of us? Is that you as a community that we together would understand that we are sent? that we are ones who have been commissioned with with a work to do, a message to share, hope to give, that we would see the world with the eyes that Jesus sees, and that we would leave these doors on purpose. Therefore go, Jesus says. So as we look forward, that's my prayer, that we together would be a people of perspective, and a people of purpose, but that we would do so in the knowledge and the confidence that our God is faithful. We've seen it, and he'll do it again. Will you pray with me? Father, as we we continue to remember, as we continue to celebrate, as we continue to recognize and acknowledge that you are the God who is faithful, Jesus, we want to approach that with an understanding and awareness that you have called us to be agents in your kingdom. That our time here and our purpose here, it's it's not informed by our own vision or some human formulation of, of what we ought to be doing, but what you have given us to do. And Jesus, when we look back and we reflect, we can say once again that you are faithful. We've seen it. And so as we look forward, Jesus, we come with a sense of anticipation and expectation. We look back at the miracles and we look back at our own experiences. And as we look forward, Lord, we pray that you would do it again. That you would prove yourself faithful time and time again. As we continue to fulfill your purposes here, Jesus, would you use us, open our eyes, that we would see that the fields are ripe for the harvest. Send us, that we might make disciples of all nations. And we ask these things in your name. Amen.